I think everything else would go smoothly. Everything would just work perfectly immediately. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's worth a shot. Uh, so I was just reading a... Um, I don't know, man. Weirder on, things have happened. I was just reading this post on uh, the Seinfeld subreddit. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's just a... Um, one of those posts, it's a picture from the show, and then the title is uh, the corresponding quote, but, you know, it still oh, gets yeah. like a billion upvotes or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but it asks a question that you and I, I think, have, you know, stumbled. It, it, it comes up every now and then. Someone just asks, is George a fuckboy? <laughs> 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 and they said, um, uh, I never, so the person said, I never really understood the meaning of that phrase fully, but I feel like him and Jerry are definitely candidates. And one comment oh, yeah. says, Jerry is for sure. And one person says, Jerry is, Kramer is, Elaine is. George isn't naturally, but he spent so much time learning undue confidence from them. I mean, they live careless lives as 90s singles in New York City. So <laughs> I guess the city was just crawling with them at that point. Probably still is. I mean, this is Giuliani's New York. Are we surprised? <laughs> yeah. At least he cleaned up the yogurt. At least he cleaned up uh, all the yogurt shops. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Should we just... Should we get going? We, we might as well, yeah. Wow, we're gonna get started before ten thirty, uh, our time. I don't know when, I, when I don't know when you're listening to this, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's um, probably not ten thirty. Yeah. Uh, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season seven, episode twenty, "The Bottle Deposit," which I. Sat down this morning and I was like, "All right, you know, I, uh, it's like eight a.m. or whatever." And I'm like, "All right, I, I usually do it Friday. Couldn't get to it Friday. <laughs> Saturday is when I, you know, I've been getting to it lately." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I, mm-hmm. I got really busy on Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday I wake up and I start, and I'm like, "All right, here we go. We'll knock this out. Double episode." Uh, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> excited to see that this morning. I I watched it this morning as well. Um, however, I woke up at seven. Um, uh, thinking I should I mean, have for a regular single episode, it takes me an hour and a half. Yeah, I would say I'm around there. I'm probably less than that. I'm, I'm probably around an hour, hour five, something like that. But yeah, it's it's long for a twenty minute episode. Yeah, it it was it was long, <laughs> and oh boy, watching this episode felt long. We'll we'll get into it though. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and and I don't. So because I was so far behind, like I started it at 8.05 and I needed to be done in an hour. I, the, my notes may not be as extensive, so we'll see. We, we might... Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I will piece in uh, where I have some of your missing details. I was hoping. Yeah, I was like, Ted normally has a lot of blanks that, you know, he, <laughs> I, I can just... I didn't pause it as much as I, I would in the past, so... Uh, you know, some some of the, like you said, details may be glossed over, but that's where you, the listener, comes in. And you can tweet us and say, how dare you not talk about this part of the scene or whatever. Um, so <laughs> let's start with what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Calzone. Um, oh, I did find this. Out. Let's start. This happened at the beginning of last week's episode before we even got into the show. But what is the deal with your possessed Coke can? I just found this out this week. Cans... Inside soda cans are a tiny epoxy shield, and without that, the soda would make the can corrode in three days. So I don't know if that has anything to do with your can and that little hole in it, but maybe the epoxy isn't as strong because it was like kind of a special run of cans, and you know they figured I don't know I I don't know just it's just a theory at this point. Huh? I yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe the new Coke recipe like eats through the epoxy, and they just didn't. <laughs> You know, maybe the epoxy's been changed since the new since new Coke came out, 
and they put it in the new cans, but new Coke and new cans equal eating through this epoxy. Oh, my God. New Coke plus yeah. new cans equals new nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just I was like, how weird is it that we had a soda situation, a soda can situation, and, and I learned this. So may have something to do with it. And I, I haven't checked my cans that are still in the box downstairs. I guess I should, oh, I guess no. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we didn't have any homework from last week, but I did look up, uh, you know, I did find some trivia and tidbits and stuff like that. First, uh, Todd Gack. I wanted to look up the actor that played him. His name is John DeQuino or DeQuino. Uh, it's a D apostrophe A name, hmm. and he does have a Disney Channel credit, of course. He plays U.S. President Richard Martinez in Corey in the House. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. that is that Corey's dad or something? Or why is Corey in the House? Uh, Corey's dad uh, is hired to be the White House chef. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. I always thought he was so, like first so kid, ob- like that old. Uh, so obviously, Corey goes to the White House, but the mom and his older sister Raven don't because, uh, well, <laughs> in in storyline, we're led to believe that uh, something is happening with uh, his wife, and also Raven's too old. But it, in reality, <laughs> they just didn't want to do the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, the money wasn't good enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, that's Ra- Ra- I never knew why Corey Raven was in the Simone, house, but now I know. Nah, Raven Simone doesn't want to do a third sitcom. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't even know it was a spinoff of... I didn't know Corey was related to Raven. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I shouldn't say Raven Simone doesn't want to do a third sitcom because uh, Raven's Home ended up becoming a thing. Yeah. So she's got, what, Cheetah Girls? Was that a sitcom or was that a, was that a movie? That was a movie. Um, oh, okay. Raven, Raven's Home is like... 10, 15 years post That's So Raven. And it's Uh. it's got her, it's got um, Chelsea, I I forget the actress's name who plays Chelsea. Um, Thankfully enough, it does not have uh, Eddie from That's So Raven because he is a mess right now. Oh boy, one of those classic child stars. Then again, that's that's implying that Kyle Massey from Corey in the House is not a mess. He's a bang influencer on TikTok, Tim. What is bang? Oh, oh, the the energy drink. The energy drink? The energy drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) But yeah, he he sells bang on TikTok without selling bang. Uh, He just drinks it while he's doing coordinated dances. Kind of, yeah. And like skits. And uh, a, a lot of the things with bang influencers are they're not drinking it. It's just precariously sat in the background with the label facing out. <laughs> what if Jerry became bang influencer on TikTok? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, John DeQuino also has another Disney credit. He was also on an episode of Hannah Montana. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, writers uh, Alec Berg and Jeff Schaefer got the inspiration for the episode The Calzone when they took a break from writing for Calzones, and their contribution contribution to the tip jar went unnoticed. So, they went to go get Calzones, they left a tip, and they didn't see it, and they are like, this would be great. Observational oh humor. <laughs> hey, we went, we went to give him yeah. a tip, he didn't notice? That's a show! That's a show! That's the show! <laughs> <laughs> we got a show. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you, you, I don't think we'll be surprised to know this, to learn this, but Kramer's Italian rant was unscripted and improvised by Michael Richards during filming. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was not scripted. Him going, they didn't write that down, if you can believe it. That is news to me. <laughs> I know. 
It would be great if, like, during one of the takes, he was like, zoppity boo. Oh, cut. I'm sorry. I meant to say boopity zop. Not zop. I know. It's written. I'm sorry, guys. I really blew the, I blew the line. Ah, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> boopity zop. Who would say that? It's zoppity boop. Or no, the reverse. Oh, God. I need, I'll be in my trailer. I need to study this. I really got to study this. Sorry, I'm not off book, guys. <laughs> in, in, in an unused ending to George's story, Steinbrenner decides he no longer wants calzones because the cheese is bad for his health, something that we said when he was like saying that the Reuben was too fatty, but a calzone every day is fine. And he tells George he wants a big salad instead. So I guess kind of a throwback oh, to... Yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let me see. Oh, writer Alec Berg had a crush on actress Dylan Taze, who plays Jerry's girlfriend, Nikki, in the episode. Over the phone, Berg convinced her to go to the Oscars with him. He was writing jokes for the ceremony one year. And when he went to pick her up, he found out she had a boyfriend, a photographer who wasn't too thrilled to see him. Taze, Dylan Taze had neglected to tell him about that on the phone, that she had a boyfriend. She just wanted to go to the Oscars with some schlub writer. And this was her ticket, in, I guess. And this will inspire a storyline that fans are recognizing in uh, next season. <laughs> Late in next season, we'll say. I mean, hey, nothing screams 90s Hollywood like a writer <laughs> or a producer on a show wanting to date one of the uh, guest actors or cameo actors yeah and saying hey yeah this will be great for your career <laughs> maybe he said that but like it's so funny that she was like oh sure yeah I'll, I'll go to the oscars with you and then he shows up and she's like oh i thought again like kind of like todd gack like um you know oh i thought this was just i thought we were just going to the oscars let, as friends i have a boyfriend <laughs> let me let, let me let me know um did this actress ever appear in anything else or was Alec Berg so scorned that he made sure she never worked again in Hollywood because she wouldn't touch his pee-pee? I would love if Alec Berg had that much power. Maybe he did, but um, <laughs> I don't know if... I wouldn't... Uh, I, I'm not going to put too much blame on Alec Berg for anything that did or didn't happen at the Oscars <laughs> or um, or after the Oscars in her career. <laughs> Let me see. Um, oh, she was killed by Alec Berg after the Oscars. We, we don't he murdered her. It's okay. No, no, he murdered her after the Oscars. Oh, yeah. holy yeah. shit! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it looks like she. Well, she's only been. She, holy fuck! If we just if we accidentally if we accidentally stumbled on something that grim, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd say like, you know what? Let's let's record this episode another day. I'm. I, we we can't we can't continue after that. I agree with your sentiment though, but no, it, it looks like um. She did. Uh, she was in a Guns N' Roses music video. She plays woman at piano in the Don't Cry music video. She was in an episode of The Naked Truth, which I kind of remember. Who was in The Naked Truth? Let me see. Hang on a second. Oh, Taya Hell Leone. Yeah. yeah, I did watch that show. Yeah, she plays like a tabloid reporter. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then she was in Seinfeld. And then, or maybe the same the same year she was in Seinfeld. Then she was she played. Um, the wife of Mr. Smith in the television show Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is a you know a television series based off of the movie, I guess with what's her face? No, wait, this is ninety six. So was the movie based on the the show? Oh, and this has two spies are recruited oh. by an intelligence agency. They pose as a married couple, Mr. Maybe. and Mrs. Smith, when they are on their missions. And then there was that movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like a million years later. That movie was from 2007. So 10 years after? Oh my god. Um, I, I misspoke. The um, The movie was 2005, and then a spinoff show 
started in 2007. It only had one episode that was like 43 minutes long, so it <laughs> doesn't sound like it made it past the pilot stage. Uh, so she was in this show in 96 uh, or 97 in one episode that, I don't know, has something to do with the movie. Then she was in Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> then she was on Rescue 77. Then CSI New York. The last thing she did was a movie called Waste Deep in 2006 hmm. All right. with Tyrese. Oh, and that's where her career ended. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's that's what killed it. Tyrese did not Alec Berg. <laughs> we'll blame Tyrese. Uh, let me see what else I got. In the last scene, Steinbrenner, voiced by Larry David, of course, states that he smells a pennant when he when George tells him how Kramer puts his clothes in the oven or the dryer or whatever when um and steinbrenner wants to start the players start doing that and he says i smell a pennant well later that year the new york yankees did indeed win the pennant after 15 years nice. without a world championship uh, uh i don't think they actually started putting clothes in the <laughs> ovens i don't think he put ovens in the locker room but you know still an interesting coincidence newman tells george that he's not at work because it's raining and i don't work in the rain George says you're a mailman and starts to recite the Postman's Creed. And the way George says it is neither rain nor sleet. It's the first one. Well, in the actual Postman's Creed, which I did not know was drawn from Book 8, Paragraph 98 of the Persian Wars by Herodotus. Hmm. And it is inscribed in stone above the entrance to the James A. Farley Post Office Building on 8th Avenue in Manhattan. Snow is the first one. It's neither snow nor rain nor sleet nor gloom of night stays these couriers from the swift completion of their appointed rounds. <laughs> and that is the Postman's Creed, which George screwed up, and Newman probably doesn't even know anyway, because... He's not uh, big on know, creeds. I, yeah, he's not big on creeds. He even said that, so he doesn't even know it. But I'm sure he would have taken the chance to correct George if he had. Uh, this is a weird tidbit. I think came from IMDb. Montreal is mentioned in this episode. Todd Gack is going there and bringing back Cuban cigars. Montreal is mentioned in this episode, making it the only Canadian city ever mentioned in the entire series. Wow, really? I would love. I know. Yeah, it sounds impossible. <laughs> like they never mention any other Canadian city. That, that, that sounds like I don't know. That 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 sounds like the hardest Seinfeld <laughs> trivia question of all time. What is the only Canadian <laughs> yes. city mentioned in the entire series? It's a great trivia question because if, if I was at a bar doing it, I'd be like, gosh, I don't know. Just I can name like four or five Canadian cities and it's got to be one of those, you know. <laughs> so you got a good chance of just guessing into it like uh, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, See, you know, Montreal. Th those are uh, those are the first know, two. Those are the first two I would think of, too. I would think Toronto first, then Vancouver, then Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, I think that'd be the order. Yeah. So I, I just, I kind of want to track that. It's probably true, but um, I'm not going to go back and listen, but I'll, I'll keep listening from now on for any <laughs> Canadian cities. <laughs> At a meeting, George Steinbrenner mentions that he was in the Army when actually Steinbrenner was in the Air Force, but Larry David, who voices Steinbrenner, did serve in the Army, which I did huh. not know. Larry David served in the army. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I I wonder like what he did and what and how he got out of it because he clearly wasn't doing any of his actual work. He's Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the army reserves during Vietnam after huh, college. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of wild. I, I don't. I mean, for a guy with as little respect for authority or any sort of, you know, I, I find it hard to believe he would last <laughs> any amount of time in the armed forces. <laughs> Just such a problem with authority and people telling them what to do and, and how to do it. And this is the way we do it. And we all do it the same way. And it's like, 
Larry's not. Yeah, that Larry's guy. the type of person to look at that person telling you how to do something a specific way and just say, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." Yeah. Mm, no, I'm, go- I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah. Thank you, though. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, Jerry decides a box of Cuban cigars would be an appropriate wedding present for George, but when George was given a box of cigars by Susan's father in season four, he disliked them so much he gave them to Kramer. <laughs> I forgot so, all about that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Jerry, is that Jerry not knowing his buddy, or <laughs> I don't know? Uh, maybe the cigars that the dad gave were like not not good. I don't know. And I think that is it. Okay. No no other like news or anything? Oh, I do want to mention I think this episode will be out on Super Bowl Sunday, right? Uh yes. Yes it will. So Jason I haven't watched it yet, but Jason Alexander is in a Super Bowl commercial for Tide Laundry. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um what what I wonder if he's gonna reprise a character or I, I, I can't tell from what I saw in the still, I was like, I'm not gonna watch it. You know, I wanna save some for the game. Um, oh yeah, and it's like his face on one of those all over hoodies. It's like an all over Jason <laughs> Alexander face hoodie. That's all I've seen in the in the still shot. So yeah, okay, I'm we'll have to I'm wait for and it. See. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, I I did not uh, do my my extra deep dive on clearly Canadian, but I uh, will I will try and get that done for uh, for next week. Um, we do have something in Newman's mail sack. Uh, I will read it really quick because it is, uh, it doesn't really pertain to a specific question. Um, Hey guys, uh, it's been a while. I've been busy with my wrestling podcast. However, I've have been keeping up with the shows. Haven't missed a single episode for a while now. I've been wondering what you're talking about when you're deciding on the cover art for the episode. And earlier in the day, I figured it out as I usually listen on Apple podcasts. Every episode shows monks restaurant, but then when I went into Spotify and I noticed for each episode, the cover art is different. But on to season seven, just listen to the Wigmaster episode. Not a bad episode, but this Sunday, you guys have one of my favorites coming up, The Calzone, um, which if you're listening to this was last week. Uh, overall, season seven and eight have a lot of fun episodes. Uh. Season seven was up and, or season nine was up and down. Of the three final seasons, I found seven and eight to be more enjoyable. That's all for me for now. Keep up the great work. I'll be tuning in this Sunday. Uh, that is from Elio Canella. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for writing in. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying season seven as well. Yeah, it's um, it, it's better than I thought it would be because I thought it would just be absolute shit by now. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I figured it would just be like uh, almost unwatchable in the last couple of seasons. Um, but uh, th- th- okay, so that's it. That's only it got for, better, really. <laughs> for now, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I, I will zip Newman's mail sack back up. Zzzz. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, uh, despite the first... I don't know. I'm not even going to be able to accurately calculate it this week with how many times we had to stop and start. Uh, X (laughs) amount of minutes. Uh, We'd like to have our questions come up in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week after as though we are giving ourselves homework. If... Uh, we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email or send us a tweet at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description and if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts or amazon music wherever you listen to the show that accepts ratings and we will send you a holographic no hugging no learning sticker free of charge because Tim, somehow we lost a rating. What? Yeah. What the hell? I I don't know what happened. We 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 lost one on Apple Podcasts. 
So wait, like a whole review is gone, or you mean like we went down a star, or what? <laughs> a whole review is gone. We're still <laughs> we're still five stars. Oh, okay. uh, but I, I'm just because I'll admit we don't get too many. So I, I just look for like the same number when I go on yeah. to Apple Podcasts, and it was different, but it was down. Weird. It's <laughs> very that weird. Could happen. I didn't either. Um. So yeah, <laughs> please give us a five star rating. Uh, so we can <laughs> a get that one back and b get more. Um, but okay, uh, season seven, episode twenty, uh, the bottle deposit. So we're talking about this week. Uh, original air date May second, nineteen ninety six. I was three years, four months, and twelve days old. If you count this episode and every other episode we have left, Tim, we've got forty seven episodes until we become a Corey in the House podcast. <laughs> Sounds good. I was gonna say Dylan Tay or yeah, Dylan Tay's. Okay, either either yeah. or. I think I think either both or, work. Yeah, we're gonna I, run I out think... of Dylan Tay's stuff pretty quickly. <gasps> you say that like we have an infinite amount of Corey in the house content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so if you are uh, looking at TV Guide the night of May second at nineteen ninety six, you are gonna see Jerry's mechanic steals his car. Semicolon. Kramer's plan. Or Kramer plans to return used bottles to Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Now we'll see if we can make it better when we get to the end. It's kind of short. It's shorter for a longer episode than last week's was for a normal sized episode. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. Last week we had a, a, a super sized description for a twenty three minute episode. <laughs> Yeah, and we start with the stand-up bit as usual, and this is about how uh, the paper mat that you get at uh, auto mechanics is kind of funny because the mechanic, like, they care so much about cleanliness, and the mechanic comes out, and uh, Jerry said he looks like Al Jolson. Do you know who that Ooh. is? <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting, because that's, like, one of the he's oldest references. That, he's saying that the mechanics are so dirty that it looks like they're in blackface. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny because it's, it's not... It's not racist in any way. Like, for sure what Al Jolson did was racist. But, like, I think it's kind of a funny, edgy joke to to reference him. Like, even even more so now yeah, I, than back then. I, I think you're spot on. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's only gotten better with age. Unlike Al Jolson's actual act. I don't want people to be mixed up about what I'm complimenting here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, Al you Jolson's do not just want gotten to better mince with age. your words on this. Yes, I don't want to minstrel ah, my words shit. on that. You... Oh, good Christ. <laughs> I just got you twice because of our delay. You were like you were all you were you were reacting to the first bad one. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah. And, and then he's like, Well, I, I like those mechanics better than the ones that come out dressed like a doctor because then you know you're getting screwed when they like have the lab coat and the clipboard, which is also funny. Like this was a quick I mean, he really nailed going to the car shop and, you know, feel you always feel like you're getting screwed. And uh, I felt like this was a good bit that covered a lot of stuff. And it was pretty funny. Over at Yankee Stadiums where we open up and Wilhelm is yelling at George about not paying attention and missing tasks and things like that. And as Wilhelm goes into the bathroom, he's like, oh, I've got a project for you. And George waits outside the bathroom as any normal person would do, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now... Over at Jay Peterman, he comes into Elaine's office. Jay Peterman himself comes into Elaine's office and says that JFK's golf clubs are being auctioned off. And Elaine is somehow not into discussing the Kennedys now. She's like, whatever. He says something about Camelot, and she's like, whatever. Yeah, she's the biggest fan of the Kennedys. What happened here? Yeah, I have no idea when she soured, but you'd figure, like, someone wants to talk Camelot with her. 
Let's do it, you know? <laughs> but he wants Elaine to go to the auction to get them, and he's willing to pay up to $10,000. And back over at the stadium, George gets impatient and walks into the bathroom as Wilhelm is finishing up describing this very important project that George is now in charge of. Yeah, like as soon as as soon as George walks in, I think we just hear <laughs> Wilhelm saying, "I'm trusting you to be on top of this, George. Mr. Steinbrenner wants this project to be top priority." Yeah, and he doesn't say anything right then like, "Oh, I, I wasn't even in here. What are you talking about?" because he had just been berated for not paying attention. And so <laughs> he decides to play it cool and not say anything and uh, take the task on without knowing what it is. Uh, as he's explaining over in Jerry's apartment, which, by the way, Superman is still on the fridge and the shelf. And he's explaining to Jerry he doesn't know what the assignment is. And Jerry gives him the idea to ask a follow-up question like, um, you know, I'm just trying to get where, – where do I get started? And George is like, hey, that's a great idea. And meanwhile, Kramer and Newman come in, and they return with Jerry's car from Price Club. Mm-hmm. And Newman throws out a bottle of Mellow Yellow. I think – is this Mellow Yellow that he's drinking? It might have been – he might start drinking that later. Uh, this is definitely a green bottle. I don't know if it's Mellow Yellow or not actually yeah I, I it was just a green bottle but he throws it out and kramer tells him about the bottle return and how in new york you get five cents for returning a bottle uh to you know the recycling centers and stuff mm-hmm. and newman's yeah, like well, new- what's this it says yeah <laughs> newman well a newman thought you had to pay five cents to recycle <laughs> you wanted to recycle. Uh, and we cannot skip over the reference that was tailor-made for us kramer channeling i think you should leave did you catch this no what did he say (laughs) uh the whole reason he was borrowing jerry's car was kramer's steering wheel fell off it flew right out the window it was a a steering wheel that whiffed right out the window and he's done for or whatever it is yeah he's dead Yeah, that's crazy. I totally didn't notice that. It was kind of, it is kind of funny. Like, how did that, how did that happen? But it is a great. I think you should leave ref as well. Like, we don't even have to make this a meme. We can post an exact <laughs> screenshot and post it in both the Seinfeld and I think you should leave shit posting groups. I'll get right on it. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> One of us should get right on it. I already thought of a great Wilco slash. I think you could leave uh, shit post that I'm gonna that I want to do as well. So because well, oh, I'll just God, blow it okay. right here. Well, yeah, there's a Wilco song I was listening to from Whiskey Tango Foxtrot called Jesus, etc. And he says, our love is all of God's money. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can totally make his love. Our love is his money. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Me, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, yeah. So and then Newman's like, he sees, well, what's this 10 cents next to MI? And Kramer's like, oh, well, you know, in Michigan, you get 10 cents back. And Newman's like, well, wait a second. Why did we just run bottles over there? and get double the money back. And Kramer's like, no, it, it doesn't work. He's tried. He doesn't want to hear any ideas about how to make the bottle run to Michigan uh, for the 10 cents extra because he's tried every which way and failed. Over, Even Jerry knows about it in this scene. He's like, you're not talking about that bottle deposit thing, are you? Kramer's <laughs> like, no, don't worry. I'm not doing it again. Over at Sotheby's, where the auction is taking place, which is still at 1334 York Avenue on the Upper East Side near uh, 72nd. It's uh, still there. They've redone the front, but it looks great. And Jerry's car, he remarks as they walk into the auction room, was making a funny noise, and he knows Kramer and Newman did did something to it. Uh, Meanwhile, Jerry and Elaine see Sue Ellen Mischke. She returns, the uh, (laughs) O. Henry Candy Bar, the brawless O. Henry Candy Bar heiress. And she acts very condescendingly to Jerry and Elaine, who she knows are plebes, 
and mm-hmm. not rich like her. Uh, we, we get Elaine saying, like, she's just here to catch a, a glimpse, and, and she asks Jerry, and uh, Jerry has the line, I'm here to catch a glimpse of high society, as he's yeah, definitely yeah. just, like, checking her out. Yeah, Elaine says she's going to, she's like, oh, I don't know, I might bid on something. And, Su- you know, because Sue Ellen's like, oh, here to catch a glimpse of high society, but I did love his, uh, <laughs> I'm here to catch a glimpse of high society. Um, yeah, and, and even Sue Ellen, when she leaves, she's like, well, I hope you find something in your budget. <laughs> <laughs> Back up in the apartment building, Newman is still crunching the numbers on how to make this happen, and he wants to learn from Kramer, why it won't work, and all the ways he's tried it. And then we cut back to Sotheby's, so that was, you know, not much of a scene. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very quick. N- Newman yeah. basically just says, I want to learn, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, back at Sotheby's, the auction starts for the golf clubs, and Elaine is set to get it at $6,500, which is well under the 10K that uh, Jay Peterman told her to spend. That's when Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen Mishke gets involved. And ups it to eight thousand, like right away, and then ten thousand, and then they're at fifteen thousand. And Jerry knows that Elaine has reached her ceiling and is bidding over it at this point. <laughs> and cut to Jerry's car after the auction, and he's like, oh, "I really thought you had her around seventeen thousand. <laughs> yeah, so so we know that she paid more than seventeen thousand at this point. Yeah, and there's still a clunking. And Elaine leaves the clubs in Jerry's car for some unknown reason. I mean, it really is yeah, only a plot he, point. He dropped her off. At her apartment, didn't he? Yeah, directly in front of her apartment. And she's going to work the next day, presumably. Why she didn't yeah, take them so right, why did she no not idea. take them inside? No idea. Just the just for the plot. Like, imagine, imagine somebody gives you a ride home and you have groceries in their car. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get these when I see you later this week. No, motherfucker. Yeah. I need my car. Your steps from your apartment. Like, you can just take them, right up, take them on up there. No reason to leave them. <laughs> Take your uh, shit you, with you. Yeah, and Jerry's car starts smoking. He gets out, lifts the hood, and finds a bunch of groceries underneath, like crab legs and stuff like that. It and, definitely looked fact, like there the was a pizza box yeah. right over the engine block, didn't it? That's what I thought, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and up in the apartment, he starts yelling at Newman and Kramer, and even uh, even Newman's like, oh, that's where my other soda went. And Jerry's like, yeah, and your crab <laughs> legs and your cheese or something like that, he said. Um, I, I'm, hmm. I was... I was one, he said, did he say something about the muffin getting sucked into the carburetor? He says something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, uh, that cheese actually probably wouldn't be too bad. It'd be nice and smoky. Yeah, yeah. And, and warmed up and kind of melty. It'd be good. Yeah, and uh, maybe and now, a little bit of toxins in there. Yeah. Now Jerry has to take his car to Tony, who's very obsessive and attached to his car. For instance, he has to get it washed before he takes it in, or Tony will yell at him for not taking <laughs> care of his car. <laughs> Uh, over at the mechanics, Tony, sure enough, is badgering Jerry about the vehicle and how he's been taking care of it. The shift knob is loose. Have you been picking at it? Uh, the, did you get the tires rotated and things like that? Uh, just really, just really badgering him and hounding him about all of this maintenance to the car that Jerry has to do. Is this Brad Garrett? It is Brad Garrett. I can't believe I okay. didn't mention that. Uh, yeah, totally Brad Garrett, who's come up on the show before as a stand-up. Remember we were talking about. Talking about yeah. him for some reason. I don't know why. He wasn't on the show before, was he? I don't think so. We might have to might have to look that up, but I don't believe so. But for some reason, it just came up. I think because one time, I just I always like doing my Brad Garrett. I just go, Ray Bud, Ray Bud. 
and that's it. Oh yeah, I, and I remember we we looked up his stand-up bit, which neither of us thought was a thing. We thought he was just kind of an actor. Yeah, yeah, but I guess he started in stand-up, and he had a, a much higher voice too. We noticed that. Yeah. And also racially charged humor. We noticed that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, hey. he definitely does a he definitely did a black scent in the in the bit that we saw from I don't know some stand-up you know compilation yeah, or whatever. <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, um, back at Jay, over at Jay Peterman, Elaine breaks it to Jay Peterman that she paid twenty thousand dollars for the club, hey. double what he was wanting to spend, and the clubs are still not there. She doesn't have the clubs. There's been a snag, she says. Yeah, and uh, she wanted and, to get him, not some yeah. stuck-up candy bar heiress who flaunts herself in public without regard. Yeah, and he gives it, and Jay Peterman even kind of gives her a okay <laughs> like whatever <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> uh, back at the yankee stadium in george's office he does ask wilhelm the follow-up question like oh i really want to sink my teeth into that you know where would i get started and he's like wilhelm's like what do you mean get started you tell me you haven't been down to payroll and george is like payroll of course and so george runs down to payroll where the clerk is just as clueless as george <laughs> about what this project may be and this actor I recognize. I know he's been in a, a bunch of stuff, so we're definitely going to have to look him up uh, next week. Okay. Let's see here. Write that down. The payroll clerk. Yeah, this guy, I don't know what I recognize him from. It's probably going to be a myriad of things, but we'll check that next week. Uh, and George gets him to, you know, George is like, well, let me go back here and poke around. And he's like, oh, uh, and the clerk like kind of is like, well, wait a second. Maybe I should just call upstairs and see what's going on here. And he's like, and George is like, yes. Yes, call Will. I I want you to call him. So and he'll tell you what I'm doing here. And Wilhelm does explain everything on one. We only get one side of the phone call, the clerk's phone call, and Wilhelm explains everything. And George prods him, prods the clerk. He's like, "All right, what did he tell you?" And the clerk takes it as like a reprimand. Like George is like just rubbing it in that George was right, the clerk yeah. was wrong. He's like, "All right, I'm sorry, I was wrong." He even says, "You don't have to humiliate me." <laughs> yeah. What did he say? <laughs> and back up in the apartment building, Newman has an adding machine, and he's still crunching those numbers about the bottle deposit. And he sees a picture of his mom, which is which looks exactly like him. I mean, we got yes. it, it. It might be Wayne Knight in a wig. I don't think it is, but I'm like that seems like the kind of thing they would have done. And he remembers that Mother's Day is coming up, and that all of a sudden gives him a flash of genius. And leads to a breakthrough that he runs up and tells Kramer about that on big holidays, they run extra trucks to the regional distribution center in Saginaw, Michigan. And on Valentine's Day, they do two. On Christmas, they do a couple. But no day is bigger than Mother's Day when they do five trucks. And that fifth truck isn't even really full. But guess who has volunteered to drive it? And that's Newman. So they got a free truck, which cuts their overhead in half. And they'll be able to fill most of this truck, a little bit of mailbags, but most of it they can do with bottles and make their money. And uh, here we, we get our first of a few montages in this episode <laughs> that helped it to feel very long. A uh, montage of uh, collecting bottles from the postal box, the dumpster at Monk's, from a hobo chugging their own. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that Newman stole from the homeless. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that, I did that like is very line, Newman. I did like his line earlier when Jerry's like, when he finds out about the, the return, and he's like, why do you think the hobos collect them? And Newman's like, I don't know, they're deranged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He thought it was just something crazy people did. Uh, so it's interesting that like he took this man's livelihood. Like that might have been a meal for the guy or something, but Newman just like runs off. And it, it's it's very much like vaudevillian, like back in business and ain't it grand, like that kind of music, you know. <laughs> We're in the money. It's like very, uh, you know, like Roaring Twenties, like stock market kind of music. <laughs> and the mail truck is packed, packed with bottles and cans and everything. I noticed in one scene, and I guess Kramer's in the dumpster and pulls out a two-liter bottle. Do those get returned just like the bottles and cans? I didn't think they were returns, but I guess they were. I mean, you you can you can recycle plastic. I, I don't know if it's the but same money refund. Money like for a, for a deposit. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm wondering. I just didn't know if that was the same thing, but uh, it must be if they went into a dumpster for it. Back at Yankee Stadium, Wilhelm now tells George to go downtown because he went to payroll, and and Wilhelm's like, "Well, I guess you're probably heading downtown." And George is like, "Oh, is is that really necessary?" And Wilhelm tells him, "It's all happening downtown, like the song." And we, oh. we hear the refrain of the the, the famous classic downtown. Um, <laughs> and who? Uh, Petula Clark. That's what Jerry says later on. Yeah, Petula Clark's downtown. And at at Monk's right after this scene, Jerry and George are trying to decipher the song lyrics to see if there's any indication in there what the project might be. And I I've always loved this scene because you know there's a refrain like she sings a little bit, and then she goes downtown. When there are something there, da da da. Did you know this song, by the way, Ted? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just, I wasn't <laughs> sure because you know it's it is an old it's an old ass song. So of course it, Jerry and George love it, but it is. I, I don't know how I know it, but I, I know it. It it's it's almost like too big not to know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do a little dive on it next week. But I, okay. I've always loved the scene where you know. So George says those little parts, and then Jerry fills in the downtown. I've always loved the way that Jerry just goes downtown, you know, and then George says the next line and then Jerry's like downtown. downtown. <laughs> um, I, I felt this went way too long. Oh, really? I, 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 I did. But then again, I, I will give it credit. The, there was one joke like in the middle, like George says something, I forget what it is, but Jerry says, mm, no, that's Midtown. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, where the neon lights are bright. He was like Broadway area. He's like, well, that's Midtown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was really good. Yeah. I, I thought that saved it. For for me, anyway. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, I even liked at the end where Jerry's like, uh, you know, well, don't hang around and let your troubles uh, surround you. There are movie shows, which is more lyrics to downtown. <laughs> well, why am I surprised that Jerry has downtown memorized? Well, they both do, which is crazy. I was like, I, I would need to look it up on my phone. Like, well, obviously, Jerry and George can't do that because smartphones don't exist. But, like, George knows the lyrics by heart, <laughs> which is which is kind of insane. Uh, and he's like, well, you know what? I, I just got to confess that I don't know what's going on. Uh, we can't figure out downtown, so he's going he's gonna to confess. Back up in the apartment, Tony has left a message on Jerry's machine that uh, we have to talk about the car. It's very serious. And... Uh, you know, you, why don't you come down here as soon as you can? Elaine calls in the meantime and asks for the clubs. And he's like, oh, well, they're in the car. And then Elaine is like shocked at that. She's like, why'd you leave them in the car? So Jerry was supposed to haul them up to his apartment and save them there and then take them back to his car or on the subway or in a cab or wherever Elaine was going to pick them up later on. That Now it makes even less sense. Yeah. Like, no, Elaine, you left them in the car. They're not my clubs. Yeah. They will stay in the car until you pick them up. Yeah, I don't have a lot of room for golf clubs up here in this apartment. <laughs> I'm just going to leave them right where they sat. 
so there, she's going to meet Jerry at the garage, uh, which they do at the car shop. And she berates Jerry. Or I'm sorry, not Elaine, but um, Tony berates Jerry about going to one of those fast lube oil change places. <laughs> And Jerry tries to explain that, oh, you know, I mean, I just travel so much. I got, you know, I can't every time. And and, and Tony just like steamrolls. I'm saying he wants to overhaul the entire engine. You're going to need to get an oil change every 1,000 miles while we're doing this. And, and it just seems and like a lot. It, it's going to take a commitment on Jerry's and, part, he says. And keep it under 60 miles an hour for a while. I don't know if you caught that too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really will re- require a big commitment. And Jerry's like, you know what? Can I just get my car back? I'm going to take it someplace else. And Tony's like, um, huh, okay, wow. He, you know, he tries to stall saying, well, it's up on a lift. And Jerry's like, you know what? Just just get it down. I'm just going to take it. And Tony walks away as Elaine comes up. And Jerry tells her that Tony's bringing the car around. But that's when Tony peels out of the garage and away from the shop in Jerry's car. <laughs> Jerry, meanwhile, is on the payphone right next to the garage reporting that the car has been stolen. And here's where he says, you know, Elaine's still yelling at him about the clubs. And he says, how was I supposed to know my mechanic was going to pull a Mary Beth Whitehead? Um, that, uh, ring any bells with you? Mm, nope. I'm already writing it down for mm. homework. Because <laughs> right. even right in the moment, I was like, no idea. I guess... <laughs> She's a woman who stole a car. I have no idea. <laughs> we will definitely find out next week. Uh, but the clubs were inside, and now Elaine doesn't know what to tell Jay Peterman, uh, who in the next scene, she just tells him the truth. And that's pretty much that scene. Yeah, she just literally like, describes yeah. what is going on in the episode. Yeah. And you know what? I, I have a feeling this might have, like, when Tony pulls out, that might have been the the stopping point like if this was split up into two episodes that's a great place to stop because like you just said elaine explains what happened so far in the episode yeah oh yeah it has to be has to be yeah it's definitely the syndication split if it wasn't i'm sure we'll find out next week you know more about uh, how if this episode ran as an hour or if it was two episodes a part one and part two or whatever but um yeah that's a good uh, stopping place i'm sure it was and in syndication is Back up in Jerry's apartment, he is giving a report to a detective that has met him there, and he says this happens all the time. A mechanic forms an emotional connection to a car, and and they run off with it, I guess. And the detective starts asking Jerry Jerry's questions. He's like, some of these might be, you know, a little pointed. Uh, you know, you, it's just <laughs> questions we have to ask. And, and so he really asks him a bunch of questions about taking care of the car, making it seem like it's Jerry's fault <laughs> it was taken by the mechanic. It's a little victim-blamey. It is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Like if Jerry had... I mean, the, the whole time they talk about it, as if the car is a person, as if owning it is a relationship, you know, it, it it's somewhere in between like stalkerish or kidnapping or, or something like that. It's It, it runs the gamut of, um, you know, the, the way they're playing it with the, the serious detective. You know, I love the way they're, you know, it's, it's almost like a very Bookman-like performance where the, the library guy came and he was like, no nonsense and like, you know, shouting at Jerry. This guy's like also hard, <laughs> a hard-boiled detective who's like talking about a stolen Audi or whatever it is, you know. A sob. It's a sob. Sorry. Uh, the stolen sob and like just being very serious about it. Uh, back over at Yankee Stadium, uh, Wilhelm congratulates – George is about to confess when Wilhelm comes in and congratulates George on the project. He read through it and handed it right over to Steinbrenner and just, <laughs> what a great job you did. And – Back in Jerry's apartment, George is like, I have no idea how it got done, and I don't care. Maybe somebody did it and didn't take credit, uh, whatever the case may be. George is in the clear. 
and being congratulated for it. <laughs> and we cut over to Wilhelm's house where he's sitting on the couch and having a conversation with his wife off screen, who is not Larry David. I was like, uh, well, we're getting some yeah. ADR. <laughs> but it's honey, not. It would have been those, great if it was just a high voice Larry David. Honey, those or, or just Larry David in his normal voice. Like, honey, those rose bushes yeah. look really yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, they do, dear. That was an yeah, awful pretty. Larry David. What am I doing? <laughs> Jesus. He's a tough one. He's a tough one. Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, I I think we've established it that I do not have a good Larry David voice. <laughs> yeah. So he's you know yells about the rose bushes and this guy did a great job planting them. She's like, well, no, you planted those rose bushes yesterday. And he's like, I did. And he's like, uh, what are we having for dinner? And she's like, we just ate. <laughs> and we're getting uproarious laughter from the audience about this man's early onset Alzheimer's. Yay! <laughs> Dementia jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I don't think it's too offensive. I just don't think it would have been played for as many laughs as it was in this scene. Bingo. Today. Yeah, I spot on. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, like, Alzheimer's right. jokes are like just so hacky anyway, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if I even if I wasn't married to somebody that's connected to something, it's like every time somebody joke, like, oh, I was going to tell you about something about Alzheimer's, but I forgot what it was. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like very, uh, very funny, sir. Very funny. Uh, and we we fade back to the apartment where we find out that Jerry's insurance does not cover a stolen vehicle if you willfully give the guy the keys, which Jerry had. <laughs> and I was like, at first, I was like, that is the dumbest made up rule. But I was like, you know what? It does sound like some insurance company bullshit. Oh yeah, that I, they would pull to like not. I could not pay. I could definitely see that being a clause on like a state minimum coverage policy. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like or even a good policy. Like they don't want to pay out, especially <laughs> oh, for yeah. a sob. Like get Jerry new sob <laughs> or find whatever. It's like it totally makes sense that they say, "Oh no, you willfully." Well, yeah. At that mm. point, it wasn't a theft. When he when he grabbed the keys later and left without my consent, that's. Categorized that, as theft. That is a you know? theft. Yes, and, and also like yeah. your po- your auto policy would cover the things in your car. I think, yeah, right? yeah. So twenty k for those clubs, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I think that would be right. Yeah, just it'd be like the cop saying, you know, oh, uh, well, I was I had a house guest and he murdered me, and they're like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, he was staying with you and you let him in, so I'm afraid mm, it's legal. So, Murder is so, completely so, legal if you're invited mm, in. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nothing we can do. <laughs> nothing we can do. Ah, uh, he's getting away with it. <laughs> if only OJ had killed everybody at his house, he'd be he'd be fine. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Get, seeing him getting the COVID, like seeing tummy. him getting the COVID vaccine, he looks pretty happy. He doesn't look like he regrets anything in his life. <laughs> yeah. Also, how does that yeah, make that you great. feel That's about <laughs> your life and your choices? That OJ Simpson got the COVID vaccine before we did. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he's uh, at risk. I don't know. <laughs> so where are we? Oh, yeah. And, and the, the detective calls Jerry from a warehouse saying, you got to come down here. And again, they're talking about it like it's a murder <laughs> scene. They're like, he's like, oh, is it a, it's an, it's, you know, is it my car? He's like, uh, we can't really tell. You better bring your service records. You know, talking about them like they're dental <laughs> x-rays or something. They're going to have to identify this body with, with documents, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> so they do head down to, uh, I think it was. Pier 38. Pier 38. Yep. The warehouse on Pier, Pier 38. Again, just the more the serious nature, like they're literally about to identify just a, a, a body that has been uh, just completely destroyed. 
Uh, but it's a car that they're talking about. And Jerry and Elaine are identifying the body. They they pull back the sheet on it. And the patrolman who let them in, like, runs off to go Oh, puke. my God. Guy this says, was played oh. so well. Like, even even down to the yeah. detective saying, whoever did this didn't just dismantle it. They took their time. They had fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a serial killer or something. He's like, we found the turbo shoved up the exhaust pipe or whatever. And Jerry's like, wait a second. Did you say turbo? I didn't have a turbo. And they start celebrating that it's not a turbo. It's not a turbo. <laughs> and at that point, a lady runs up and she's like, did someone say turbo? <laughs> My car had a turbo oh, or no. something like that. And we just see like the, the sorry yeah. look in Jerry and Elaine's eyes as they look at each other. And they're like, oh, we shouldn't be celebrating this. <laughs> oh, It fuck. reminds me of when there was another strangling when Kramer was in jail for being that yeah, L.A. strangler, the smog bit. strangler. There was another murder, and they all start dancing outside of the courthouse. They're like, there was another murder. There was another murder. And uh, and then they're like, oh, uh, maybe we should. <laughs> they're outside the police station, I mean. <laughs> Reminded me of that. So Newman and Kramer are on the road in the mail truck. They're singing uh, 10,000 cans and bottles on the wall or whatever. And we find out they're only going to make $500 a piece for all of this trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you feel like yeah, that was a that's lot? A, that's a lot. Of trouble for... Yeah, I, I guess ten thousand cans is going to end up being a thousand bucks, and they're going to split that five hundred. I'm like, man, you guys spent. I mean, I guess they don't do anything, do much anyway to make five hundred bucks. Like, but it just it still seems like more trouble than it was yeah, worth. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know what I, I should have looked up. I'm just going to do it right now because I know it'll be quick. I want to know New York City <laughs> to Saginaw. Uh, I'm saying seventeen hours. Actually, it's only ten hours and eighteen minutes. Wow, that's not bad at all. Oh my really? gosh! Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I guess crazy. Saginaw must be really close to the the Michigan Ohio line. It's not. You have to make a right at Ohio, a right at the end of the lake, and then you head up into Saginaw. Like it's it's right where the thumb and the hand meet. Really? At the, on the is mid- it is it on the the south part yeah. of Michigan or the north part of Michigan? It's like right in the middle. It's like central Interesting. Michigan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's not far at all. Jeez. 10 hours. I'll do that in my sleep. It took me 10 hours I, I to not. get from... <laughs> it took me 10 hours to get from Erie to Lexington, Kentucky once. And like, you know, Kentucky's like right there, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like... It's uh, just crazy. I feel like that should be, I don't know, six hours. Yeah. Same here. Uh, so they don't really have far to go, I guess, to drive, but they still did a lot of work to collect all that crap. Uh, up in the apartment, Tony calls from a car phone, from Jerry's car phone. And again, it's like a hostage call. You know, it's like, I'm not coming back, Jerry. I'm not giving the car back. Uh, oh, someone wants to talk to you and like holds the phone up to the engine as he like revs it or something. And um, But he's not coming back with the car because it's his blood and sweat that kept it running. And, Jer- <laughs> and Jerry had neglected it for so long and not loved it like Tony does. Meanwhile, Newman, Newman and Kramer are making better on time than they expected and, and better on gas than they expected which leads to uh seven dollars more profit for them <laughs> which uh, i'm wondering i mean they they talk about having a free truck where are they losing like they don't have to fill it up like newman fills it up I with know. his whatever like he's a postal worker like, where where is their money going if it's not directly in their pockets yeah why are they making more money because the gas was a good that was part of their overhead that they didn't have to compensate for anymore so i don't know uh but kramer is determined to stick with the plan and not even get off for a snack or anything like that but then he spots 
a car that looks exactly like Jerry's. They're in Ohio, and they and it's got New York plates. And so he call Kramer calls Jerry on his cell phone. Kramer has a yeah, cell phone. Now. Where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, let me call him. And I'm like, wait, what's Kramer going to do? He, oh, he's he has just a, pulling out he a, has a cell phone. phone. There it's we go. not even like huge. It's not a bag phone or anything. It's a, a somewhat no, normal no. size cell phone. Yeah, it's not even a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there we go. And, and Jerry confirms that it's his via the license plate. So Kramer keeps following the, the, so, the Saab, so, Jerry's car. Now that it's been established that Kramer has a cell phone, there should be literally no excuse for the entire run of the series that Kramer is stuck somewhere yeah. or, or Kramer is with somebody and they got into like a, a weird, wacky circumstance that they need to tell somebody about, but they can't. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Well, we got to track that. Because now we, you know, we we used to be able to say, man, if only yeah. cell phones existed, if only texting. But they existed. do now. And now Kramer <laughs> does have a cell phone. Yeah, we got one. <laughs> um, and over at Jay Peterman, Jerry calls Elaine that this car's been spotted. Probably the clubs are in there. Elaine's heading over to Jerry's, which she does, and they can't call the police. Over there, Jerry says that it tells Elaine that Newman and Kramer can't call the police because. They're misusing a postal truck, and they're they're afraid of getting in trouble for that. And he says, Kramer doesn't want a record. And Elaine goes, Kramer has a record. And he's like, yeah, but not a federal record. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't... Um... And this goes back to your prediction, or what you said last uh, week at the end, like mm-hmm. about bringing cans and bottles across state lines being a federal but offense. But also, wouldn't uh, being thought to be the smog strangler be a note on his record? Even if like he wasn't... Uh, like. <laughs> What's the word? Actually, like, arrested and prosecuted for it. He was brought in and questioned. I yeah. feel like that would still show up on your record. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, but you'd, you'd feel like you'd get whatever, you'd get it expunged. <laughs> you know, the judge wouldn't have any problem, you know, striking any reference to the smog strangler off of your... But I'm guessing that Kramer just has a record. I don't know what Elaine was referring to, but he probably just... He's lived a crazy life. Yeah, I'm sure he's been arrested for something before you know i don't know what but uh yeah I'm, I'm sure he's been arrested for something and kramer calls and tony is getting off an exit and jerry and elaine are saying follow him newman is yelling at him to not follow him they got to stay with their mission and get their money and kramer at the last second pulls off on the exit and starts um following tony and also he can't keep up so he's got to start ditching the cans from the back of the mail truck and just throwing them into traffic <laughs> Out the back of the mail truck. Uh, up at, uh, Over at Yankee Stadium in Steinbrenner's office, he asks George if he's you know having any problems at home. Uh, and then he jumps right to asking George if he's doing any crack cocaine. <laughs> or <laughs> because he read through the report and it's something from a sick mind. It's a sick mind at work. It, it's the, the, the ravings of somebody who is obviously insane. And so Steinbrenner has George committed as two guys in white suits. Uh, come in to drag him away. Kramer and Newman, meanwhile, are still following, but the the mail truck is still a little sluggish. Oh, <laughs> Kramer says as he eyes Newman. I, oh, I just uh, I got lost in my own notes here and uh, was reading this really long thing I read about George being dragged out. Um, for, first off, the guys' names were Herb yeah. and Dan, but also Steinbrenner says something 
Uh, let me see. What did I write here? Herb and Dan come in to take George away to a nice place. They helped Stein's brother-in-law when he was obsessed with lactating women, although he still eats a lot of cheese. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> I'm going to write down, I, I doubt we'll find anything, but uh, Steinbrenner's family in institu- institutionalized. I wonder if there is any. Probably not, but because I, I doubt even Jerry Seinfeld would make light of that, but institutionalized. We'll see. You never know what Jerry will make fun of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a funny line. He still eats a lot of cheese. So back to where Kramer and Newman are following. But the mail truck is being sluggish, and he tricks Newman into opening the door and looking for a pie stand and kicks him out of the truck and then starts following again at a a much higher rate of speed after ditching the last little bit of weight that he could. Uh, I I think Newman even mentions that he threw out the mail sack. Yeah, yeah. The truck is empty. Kramer is the only thing in the truck right now. Yeah, and Newman starts walking along the highway and up a hill, and he comes upon a a farmhouse, a country house with a a pie cooling on the window, and he knocks on the door and tells the farmer that his truck was ambushed by backwoods male-hating survivalists, which is a joke that has only gotten better with age because we know that a huge voting block of the United States is backwoods male-hating survivalists. This, this backwoods have, male-hating survivalists have more of a voice in government than they ever have before. Th- this couldn't have aged any better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm, like it was a funny. It was a funny line earlier, but now it's like there's so much truth to it. Jesus. Yeah. It, when I heard that line, I was like, "This is just how how prescient, how yeah, uh, you know, future telling that line was. It was just hilarious." But uh, <laughs> it's even funnier but now. Newman ended up coming across a, a farmhouse. There was a pie cooling on the windowsill at uh, I, I'm guessing 10 p.m. Uh, well, not, maybe not that yeah. late, but it, it's dark out, but they haven't eaten dinner yet. But uh, the the yeah, yeah. guy who answers the door gives Newman the rules. And it goes through the whole spiel, like, you'll get a, a hot supper, a, a, cold, a hot shower. Just keep your hands off my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Now, where were, have you ever heard, like, this is, a, what they're setting up is, like, the classic farmer's daughter <laughs> joke. Have you, were farmer's daughter's jokes a thing when you were growing uh, up? Or the, have you ever heard one or the told only, one? only, I've never told one. I The earliest one I can remember uh, is from uh, the Moon episode of Futurama. Oh wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. So that also played on the the old trope as well. Yeah, but like you know, there used to be uh, like a, three traveling salesmen. You know, find up. You know, their car breaks down and they find a farmhouse, and the farmer says, "You can stay here, but keep your hands off my daughter." Like each one starts exactly the same way as this, and then there's always some twist where like one guy de- does end up getting to bang the daughter. And the other two get their comeuppance in some way. Like, it's, 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 uh, I remember one where, like, man, I remember, like, popcorn being involved. Like, the farmer put popcorn around his, uh, daughter's bed. And so that he could hear them stepping on it. He could hear the salesman, you know, if anybody approached her bed, it would make a sound. And, and then, like, one guy pees on the popcorn and the other guy eats it. Ugh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm Hopefully obviously, not in that yeah. order. Well, because, like, the guy pees on it. No, it is that order. That's why it's <laughs> oh, funny because okay. the first guy's like, oh, I peed on it so it didn't make a noise. And then I got to bang the farmer's daughter. And then the other guy's like, oh, well, I ate the popcorn. And then I then I banged the farmer's daughter or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, totally blowing <laughs> it. But, like, 
that's the gist of the, the style of joke this was. I wonder if I'm going to put down farmer's daughter's jokes. Maybe I can find a good <laughs> Jesus <one>. Christ. <laughs> or maybe they have their own Wikipedia page. Who knows? And so let me see. Oh, yeah. So Kramer is still following Tony, but Tony knows now he's being trailed because Kramer's like right on him. And Tony starts throwing John F. Kennedy's golf clubs at the mail truck and like making contact and breaking the window and stuff. And, and then he throws the golf bag at the truck and eventually the truck just dies. It gets killed. The, the tire blows. The engine is smoking and uh, Tony gets away and Kramer at Elaine's request starts walking along and collecting what is left of the clubs. Like there's one that doesn't even have the yeah, the I, thing on the end of it. An, it's just another, they're all bent another to hell. like really drawn out scene of Kramer, just very serenely walking back down the interstate collecting golf clubs. Yeah, and he comes up upon the farmhouse that Newman came upon, and as he's walking up to the front door, Newman... Oh, I'm sorry, This is, uh, that's much later. Uh, at the farmhouse, we cut to the farmhouse, and Newman <laughs> and the farmer and his daughter are all eating some mutton, and Newman and the daughter are getting very flirty already. I Yeah, I... I mean, the daughter is the one that is oh, yeah. making the that is overly interested. Oh, yeah. in yeah, I, I loved the callback with the mutton uh, from from the episode like Jerry yeah. and uh, and the napkins. <laughs> that was that was great. Like Newman's even like, yeah, I love I love the recipe without swallowing anything. Uh, eventually, he does though with um with whatever drink he has. Yeah, yeah, which they say cider. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was weird how sweaty Wayne Knight is like the whole time basically in this entire episode but especially at dinner I'm like is he sweating because he's nervous because the daughter is like putting the moves on him or is he or is it just like Wayne Knight he runs hot you know <laughs> but I just noticed he was like just like over like just drenched in sweat especially his forehead I mean beads of sweat yeah, all yeah. over we cut to 525 East 68th Street, which I, I think we, is an address that comes up a lot because it is New York Presbyterian Hospital slash Weill Cornell Medical Center. And basically, anytime we need a hospital exterior, this is what they use. And George has been committed. They took his belt. He's calling Jerry um, and just yelling about how Steinbrenner had him committed. And who is also at this particular institution visiting her father? It is Dina from George's Old Neighborhood, who... <sighs> Already thinks George is insane in two previous episodes <laughs> and says that she's so glad that George is getting help and this is going to be the best thing for him. Yeah, and then pretty much just ditches him there because she thinks he needs mm -hmm. to be there. So this is a, a pretty good payoff, I felt like, from, you know, it was like the running gag that we didn't know we wanted. You know, it's like she thinks he's crazy for that whole episode. Then she sees him dressed like whatever, King George or whatever it was. And now she finally sees that he's been institutionalized. It's just a great, you know, running gag that took a long time to pay off. Yeah. Oh, my but, God. But, you yeah. know, it finally has. Like, Almost. Uh, well, this started. <laughs> this was beginning of season seven, wasn't it? This has been a, a, a single season thing. I, okay. Yeah. 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 It, it's just kind of a funny, a funny runner. Uh, maybe it'll pop up again. I honestly don't remember. I think it'd be funny if it did. But maybe this is a good time to just put it to bed. <laughs> the third time that she sees him. He's finally getting help. Uh, the farmer, uh, back at the farmhouse, Kramer comes upon the farmhouse now, right as he hears a gunshot ring out, and the farmer yelling, I thought I told you to keep your hands off my daughter. Newman runs out as the uh, <laughs> farmer takes aim again at both him and Kramer, and the daughter says, no, daddy, I love him. Goodbye, Norman. <laughs> M meanwhile, Newman's pants are, like, unzipped and uh, about ready to fall off. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was getting hot and heavy oh, wherever boy. they were. And uh, I liked Goodbye Norman. I thought that yeah, was, that was, thought that was that pretty was funny. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we get another scene at Jay Peterman where Elaine gives him the clubs. And Jay Peterman has a shocked look on his face. He is surprised at the state of these clubs. And it's because I never knew Kennedy had such a temper. And Elaine's like, oh, yeah, I, I thought her line was pretty funny. Uh, the only thing worse was his slice. To which Peterman <laughs> doesn't react at all. Yeah, he just realizes he paid $20,000 for these, like, <laughs> bent-ass clubs that he doesn't even know were not bent-ass originally. He was, in fact, going to use them playing a golf game with Ethel Kennedy, who has <laughs> – she's come up a ton on the show before. Um, I think – and the fact that Jay Peterman is friends with her uh, uh, comes up a ton. But um, – yeah, because he was – no, it was – it was – um. It was her last boss that was going to play with Ethel, play mm-hmm. tennis with her, remember? Oh, yeah. Or was that uh, Rose? I think it might have been another Kennedy sister. Fuck, I have no idea. Let me see. I'll write it down. Kennedy Kennedy family refs. I'll just write it down uh, for next week with um, what's-his-face. Uh, you know, and then he's like, uh, you know, I'll see you on Monday. You know, and, th- and that's it. <laughs> Elaine got away with it. And that's kind of the end of the episode, except yeah. we get a still shot of the apartment <laughs> building as... Yeah, I, I thought run. it was definitely like going to cut into like something inside Jerry's, right? As I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. And then it just mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> yeah, just runs the theme song. We get the credits. And it is the last little bit of something you've been pointing out a ton during our talking about this is that this episode was padded yes. so hard. Like this was a 20-minute episode that they padded. And even after all that padding, they still had to run two minutes of credits Mm -hmm. well yeah it's um it comes into the conundrum that we've that we've had it's probably like a 30 minute episode it's probably like a 30 page script that instead of cutting stuff out of it where we're like oh man i wish we would have seen that they decided to add to it and it just um didn't pay off i shouldn't say it didn't pay off it didn't uh work out as well as it could have i should say yeah just just like a reuben sandwich it was too fatty you know, I mean, ah. like if they had trimmed some of the fat, it'd be a good, uh, a, gr- a good episode. But um, yeah, it was just overly long, and you know, I, like it had some good moments for sure. Just like all all Seinfeld episodes have something in them mm-hmm. that I love. Uh, you know, like this one, the, the downtown thing, and but um, yeah, with uh, you know, uh, with that knowing that, but, yeah, with knowing that this is the uh, third to uh, I guess second to last episode because it'd be second to last, next to last, and last. So second to last episode of the mm-hmm. series of the season, um, this was definitely just done as a stunt. They're like tonight on an all new hour long Seinfeld, yeah. e- even even though it yes. no one really needed it, the story didn't need it, no one was expecting it, and probably no one remembers that it's an hour long episode. Yeah, I'll I'll be curious in the, in our next episode to find out you know what why it was so long, what could have been cut. You know, what they added, what the initial story was. I hope we get some of that information. Uh, okay, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, I wrote down, uh, who was the actor who played the payroll clerk? Uh, who is Mary Beth Whitehead? Uh, I guess someone who stole a car at some point in her life. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Were any of George Steinbrenner's family institutionalized? Uh, farmer's daughter's jokes. We'll do a, a little dive into those. And the Kennedy family references. Who was Elaine's last boss? gonna play tennis with and how many times have they uh come up in previous episodes and so on and so forth and i think that's it all right what do you like for cover art this week the the thing that definitely is a thing now (laughs) 
thanks to Ted. I mean, we're lucky Ted like made such a big deal out of making sure that you saw the you know the cover art that we pick every week. <laughs> Uh, let me see. What do you? I mean, what should it be about the bottle deposit? Should it be Newman and Kramer sitting in the mail truck on their? You know, when they're singing. I I was thinking that, like singing the uh, mm-hmm. 999 bottles and cans in the van. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we can do about this description. It wasn't too bad. So I... we had Jerry's mechanic steals <laughs> his car. Semicolon. Kramer plans to return used bottles to Michigan kind of like it i wish it didn't give away so much about the mechanic steals jerry's car I, I i don't like that can we make that a little more ambiguous we can just say like jerry's mechanic is attached to his car it yeah, is, what if it's like jerry's mechanic gets to attach to is his car? is is too fond of his car is obsessed what about obsessed jerry's mechanic is obsessed with his car yeah yeah, yeah. i like that honestly honestly i I don't like the pronoun placement because that makes it sound like the mechanic is obsessed with his own car. Yeah, but, but I don't know if there's anything we can do about that. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. Um, as far as Kramer plans what to about, return, uh, what about what about a mechanic? What about a mechanic is obsessed with Jerry's car? Yeah, that works. Yeah. And then uh, Kramer plans to return used bottles to Michigan. I think is fine because that happens early enough. Yeah. Cool. All right. So next week we have got season seven, episode twenty one. What am I right here? The wait out? The wait out. I know. The wait yeah, out. Okay. Phrase. I can't I can't read my own writing. Uh original <laughs> air date, May 9th, 1996. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are gonna see Jerry and Elaine anticipate dating soon to be single friends. Parenthetical, I'm guessing for special guest stars, Carrie Elwis and Deborah Messing. Whoa. Is that how you pronounce his last Those name? Are famous. Is Elwis Elwis? Ills? That's the way I have. I've I've heard people say I've heard people say Yules you, or something like that. I'm like, no, nah, that's way wrong. Be. There's an L before the yeah, W. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always said Elwes, Carrie Elwes, but I don't know. But yeah, I I I don't remember him being on Seinfeld. This is crazy. What what? Who wants to date the friends? Uh, Jerry and Elaine. Jerry and Elaine. Soon to be. Oh, I see. They both want to date the person that the friends are currently dating themselves interesting all right man i'm i'm i have no idea what this episode's about this is completely <laughs> lost on me a lifelong fan for years so uh this will be interesting uh and was deborah messing a, a star at the time i know carrie elvis was but i don't know if she was, was or deborah, not. Is deborah messing yeah I'm, I'm gonna say no but again this is all stuff we have to deal with next week i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> is that it yeah that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good 